On today's episode of the ICOC New England podcast, we have a recording from an incredible teacher in our fellowship of churches who needs no introduction, but we're going to introduce him anyway. His name is Ed Anton. He's the author of the book many of us have read called Repentance, A Cosmic Shift in Mind and Heart. This lesson was given during our all New England staff meeting. We felt like it was too good not to share it here. Buckle up for a wild ride through this message as Ed touches on topics like returning to normal, pandemic, the topic of race, and how Satan has been working overtime to separate us and how we can fight back. We pray this message truly helps. Let's grow. Jesus. I mean, if, if we're not paying attention, uh, we, we don't really begin to appreciate what Satan is trying to do like no other time in all of our lives that like, like this is once in a hundred year type experience that we happen to be the ones with our, our, our hands on the steering wheel of, of our respective ministries. And, and we're here for just such a time as this. And, it, and it's big time, guys. And sure, the title is kind of an epic idea. Now we're engaged in a great spiritual war. It's, it's kind of sampling a bit from Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. We're in that, that kind of second paragraph. I don't know, maybe you had to memorize this in sixth grade. I remember I had to, but anyway, in, in, the, in the next section, this is what you would remember is it begins with this, where he says, now we're engaged in a great civil war, testing whether this nation or any nation can keep it together essentially during such a time as this. We can, we're the kingdom of God, but, and, and by the way, Jesus has already triumphed. He has already held up the powers and the authorities and all of the dark spiritual forces, and he's held them up to public contempt, triumphing over them by the cross. This stuff has already gone down, but it doesn't mean that in this overlap of already not yet of the, of the kingdom of God, that we're in this overlap in between area here of already not yet, and we're still fighting tooth and claw until Jesus finally comes back and makes all of this evident. But, but Satan in his, in his last gasps, he's bringing it. Now, with, with this whole idea of, of spiritual warfare, Satan seems to have a, a variety of tactics. We know about accusation. We talk about that a lot. You know, there's a lot about, you know, maybe we get too caught up in the self-esteem movement with uh, Satan's accusational attacks. But there's another attack that seems to be really prevalent. And I'm not going to go into the accusation one, but the one I want to look at today is how Satan looks to separate and divide us. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul is not afraid to just kind of put this on Satan in chapter 2, verse 17. We, we know the story in Acts 17, right? He's there, he's there for three Sabbath days, great success, amazing things going on. And then there's a stir up of great persecution. He has to make a run for it to Berea. The same persecution from Thessalonica follows him over to Berea uh, and, and then he kind of makes his way down further the uh, Peloponnesian Peninsula to Athens and Corinth. But while he's down there kind of figuring out what happened, oh my goodness, to that, that church uh, as, as those persecutors left us and went back home to go get them, he says in verse 6, 17, but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart. That's a, that's a good, I'm, what am I reading here? I'm reading the ESV. Um, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. This doesn't count. <laughs> this is not what he's talking about. 
but, but we, des we desired to really have this time with you because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but wait for it, Satan hindered us. But what is our hope or joy or crown or boasting for our Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not you, our joy, our crown? But, but it's not just that Satan separated. He also tries to divide. And, and, and look what happens while they are separated. While they're separated, Paul gets some kind of weird thoughts in his heads. And this is Paul. Paul, who's affirmed in Christ and confident in Christ. If all of us, when we're not with each other, we start to think crazy. You know, like, but, but then you, you come back together again and you realize, you know what? Phil doesn't hate my, my guts. You know, amen. He, 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 you know, all, all of those great connections that we had, they still exist. He doesn't think that I've gone off the, 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 the weird end here. He's not telling other people like what's going on with Ed. But, but you think that. You can think the craziest things when you're not with each other. And it's amazing how quickly you can think absolutely crazy things. But Paul... Paul goes on to say in chapter three, you know, we sent Timothy, we were waiting, we were waiting, we were waiting. And then down, down in verse um, six, it says, but now Timothy has come to us from you and he has brought us the good news of your faith and love. And then get this part and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us for this reason, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. Now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. But, but do you hear the subtext to this? He has come and he has said, you like us, right? It's like that Sally Field moment. Oh, you like us. You really like us. Uh, he, he's brought news that, that you actually think kindly of us. You remember us fondly. Oh, well, what was he thinking while, while he was waiting for the news? That, that they were like, oh, that Paul, that, that he put... Well, he sold us a bill of goods. What in the world? Music man sold us 77 trombones and got out of town. Who is this dude? Right? I mean, who, who knows all the things that he had going in his, in his head um, uh, through, through, through all of that? Hang on a sec. Get rid of that phone call. Um, but I think we got to realize that that gets played out even for us. And you know what? We've got some confidence in Christ. But how about all of our members? As, as they're separated and, and what they begin to, and what they might think that you think of them. And of course, what you start to think that some of them think of you and, and Satan is having his field day. Now, throw gasoline on this fire and have a great social revolution at the same time. And holy smokes, what it is that he's able to do. Now, this other part of it is right in the heart. The whole idea of the nations or the ethnicities being separated is, is what I want to jump into here as well. And then talk about how we can kind of fight this thing and fight Satan uh, rather well in all of this. But, but, but this idea of, of spiritual warfare uh, gets played out with Paul talking about again and again, this idea of rulers and authorities and principalities and dominions. Uh, and it's, it's a phrase that he uses in Colossians 1 and Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. Ephesians 6 is the big one in spiritual warfare. I'm not going to go into all of those. I'll, I'll send notes at the end on, on some of these things. Uh, but, but, you, but you hear it again and again uh, from him about all of these kind of spiritual entities. And are they all different? Are they all the same? Is this just all demons? What's the difference between a principality 
and a and a power and a dominion. What, what, what are each? Of, I don't know, right? I, I don't know if any of us really know, but we get a tiny peek into it, and when we do, it's like, like what is this really going on all around us? And it's over in Daniel chapter ten. Let's let's go ahead. We'll we'll, we'll read that. It's kind of worth taking taking a peek at to see what what Satan is up to uh, as, as this is going down. Now, the, the, the phrase that's going to be used here in Daniel 10, we're going to have an archangel Michael and the archangel Gabriel, but we're, we're also going to encounter um, a, a prince of sorts, and depending on your translation. But this, this prince is the same idea of what Paul uses in the New Testament of these principalities. It's just these words of some sort of spiritual rulers. Now, if you get into a Jewish worldview and you're reading this and you're going to hear about the Prince of Greece and the Prince of Persia in a moment, there is, I know this is kind of like flippy type stuff, but a Jewish worldview based on Deuteronomy 30, uh, 32 verse 8, that when the ethnicities, when the nations were separated into the, the 70 nations in the table of nations, they were then sent out according to, the ESV says, the sons of God. What, what in the world? What do you mean the sons of God? What, what, what is that? Um, well, the sons of God often appear in context of the divine council, that God rules with a divine council. Well, he's God. Why does he need a divine council? I don't know. Why does he need us? He likes partnership. He likes community. He, he, he does it in that way. This divine council, the sons of God, hang with me for this nerdy part, please. Uh, we're, we're supposed to have um, some sort of supernatural oversight over the nations. And according to Psalm 82, God thought, well, you're going to promote justice and kindness and healthiness through, throughout these nations. But apparently they went bonkers. And somehow in some sort of rebellion, was this the great rebellion where Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning? I don't know. The Bible's not clear enough on all of this. But but somehow this divine council that was supposed to kind of have oversight, these angels, these whatever they were, to have oversight over the nations didn't do so great and kind of seduced them into some sort of idol worship. And then by Psalm 82, God says to these overseeing spiritual beings, you know what? You were supposed to do good. You did bad. And you are going to die like mere mortals. I mean, God brings it their way. that You're, you're going to face something pretty nasty. And, and ultimately, Jesus will triumph over them. But in, in this kind of um, battlefield of, of, of all of these nations now kind of getting separated by these no longer selfless, helpful spiritual authorities, there's all sorts of separation going on, enmity going on between nations. And in the New Testament, the word for nations or Gentiles is the same word in, in our New Testament is ethne or ethnikos. It's just our word for ethnicity as well. So all of the different ethnicities, Satan's last grasp is, is to, to kind of bring the division of all of those because what has always been God's call through Abraham, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 22, that I, through you, Abraham, am going to bring all the nations together. What is that, that weaving mystery through the Old Testament, that ultimately I'm going to bring all the ethnicities together. That's the big plan that's going to be accomplished only through the ultimate act of love, the death of my son, 
uh, which Jesus will affect. And of course, at Pentecost, we begin to see it all starting to come together in the already not yet of all the nations coming together. Okay, that's the Jewish kind of mindset of this. And so here, here we go into Daniel 10, starting in verse 12. Um, Daniel's having a prayer. It says in verse 12, then he said to me, who said to me? This is the, um, the archangel Gabriel. Uh, and Gabriel said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. That's kind of an encouragement as we pray, right? Like from the moment that you actually really got serious about prayer, got down on your knees, bent the knee of your heart, and really prayed to the Lord. Man, oh man, it was like, wah, 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 red alert, let's go. Uh, they're coding down there. Let's, let, let's deploy. Time to go to the aid of the, the, the ones we love. Uh, and he says, and I've come because of your words. And now here we encounter this concept I was just bringing up. Verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. This is not an earthly prince. This is not a human prince that's in view here. Uh, this is the principality that had oversight, spiritual oversight over Persia itself. And, and, and by the way, what, you know, is, is Prince Harry or Prince William going to be able to take on Gabriel? No, not, not in their wildest dreams. They're going to get slapped around like, like the, never mind. But anyway, this is, this is like a, a scary authority with, with, with heavenly powers that does a, a bit of an opposition to Gabriel himself. For 21 days, he's able to kind of fend off in this sort of battle that they're having. But then Michael, now what? Now, this is like tag team. Like, okay, come on, Michael, get in here. Archangel Michael, one of the chief princes, and we know that Michael is not a human prince, right? So we, we get that the word prince here means something bigger. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the later days, where the vision is for, for, for time to come. Let me, let, let me scoot way down, um, down to... Uh, verse 18. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. I love how angels do that. They, they come again and again. Be strong. Be of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Then he said, you know why I've come to you? but now I will return to fight, fight against the Prince of Persia. And when I go, behold, the Prince of Greece will come out too. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your Prince. What? I don't know, but what? What, what was going on as Daniel's just simply praying? What? What in the world is, is, is the fullness of this spiritual battlefield that is all about us, that there's, there's a tag team of, of Michael and Gabriel. They, they kind of beat back the prince of Persia so that Gabriel can come answer the prayer. But then he's like, all right, I got to go. You know, it's good being here with you, Daniel. But there's a war going on. You be strong. You be strong. We need your prayers. Be strong. Don't stop. Poof, off he goes. Michael has to come and join him. Now the, 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 the authority of Greece, the authority of, they're going and they're battling out and, and, and you know, see you later. And they, they appear though in our New Testament 
with this constant thread that makes its way through Ephesians, Colossians, Corinthians, all of these books that, that, that talk again and again of, of, of these spiritual dark forces. Colossians 1 says that we were translated out of the do dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's Colossians 1, 13. Uh, and, and then talking about that in Christ, all things in heaven, visible, invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all of, all of these things. I know we don't get it. Why? Because we have a bent towards natural, not supernatural, a bent towards human, not, not towards superhuman, uh, as, as all of these things are going on. But it doesn't mean that these things are not the reality about us. And it doesn't mean that even as Paul is able to ascribe to, to Satan and this spiritual warfare, uh, that, that this stuff is not of supernatural origin. And I think if any, if any time we have experienced it more than ever, it is right now. We're in the middle of the end, praise God, of this pandemic. But we're, we're also in the middle of, of Satan sowing these seeds of division. And I get, I get that it's, it's not just U.S. I mean, right now on the, on, on the border of Ethiopia in the Tigray region, there is just heated division that's going on. Uh, the, the Armenians, again, kind of facing it again with, with, with um, Afghanis now, but of course it was the Turks 100 years ago, uh, whether it's in the, the Balkan region, you just mentioned Croatia. I, I had a stepdad from Croatia. I remember in the 90s, he you know, kind of packed up his pistols and off he went, you know, cursing the Serbians all the way uh, to the airport. And, and every moment that he got back, uh, you know, likewise, you know, throughout Eastern Europe, but but right, right now, the, 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 the Uyghurs in, in Northwest China, there's something going on everywhere. We happen to have a, a rather pronounced headline going on right now. And we're, we're realizing it in our corner of the world, but it doesn't mean that everybody else is not realizing it in their corners of the world as well with this horrible cocktail of spiritual warfare of separation through pandemic and division through ethnic div dividing that, that is going on. Um, it, it is Satan's great charge to us. Now, uh, jump back over to Ephesians, and I'll, I want to get, get over to uh, just a couple passages on here. So Ephesians 2 and 3 is where we're going to look now. Right away in verse 1, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, same concept here, like that, that's who we followed before our redemption, before we were translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the sun he loves. We followed the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Uh, and, and, and praise God, we're in this. We're in this war. We're not in that state anymore. We've been delivered out of that. Now we, we, we have weapons that we fight with, or they're not the weapons of the world, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Uh, but we have this divine ability to tear down strongholds, every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. But as we make our way into Ephesians, we realize that this spiritual warfare has a lot more to do with the ethnicos or the Gentiles or the nations than, than perhaps we appreciate. In uh, Ephesians 2, as we, we continue to read down, uh, he says, 
in verse 12, remember that you, and, and Paul throughout Ephesians, when he says we, he's talking about the Jews. When he says you, he's talking about the nations or the, the, um, the ethnicities or Gentiles. Remember that you, when you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Praise God. Uh, verse 16, that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. In Jesus, uh, we're no longer strangers and aliens, but now all fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. There's been debate over the years about the no longer two, but one. Uh, you know, th this is not the idea that, that you um, abandon your ethnicity. Uh, you know, God, God forbid that, that, that Kevin abandons his Black Irish or, or, or Glenn, his Italian uh, ancestry, uh, or, or me, my Lithuanian, right? But there is this, not this idea that you kind of give up uh, any, any sort of identity because now you have identity in Christ. It is true. We have a greater identity in Christ, a better identity in Christ, a transcendent identity in Christ. But, but, but that's not there to, to try and kind of, uh, I don't know, colonialize uh, everyone and to homogenize all people. That's not what is going to be described in a moment as the inspiring work of the cross. The inspiring work of the cross is that we don't have to be conformed to be one, that we can still be ridiculously diverse and beautifully diverse and still come together and be one. That ends up being the headshot in the spiritual warfare that makes the biggest difference that we can make. That in, the, in this bringing of all of us together, we still are uniquely, beautifully diverse. And you know what? Let that freak flag fly of how, how different we are because it does come together in Jesus. It's only, you know, it's only in Christianity, only in Christianity, where you don't have to like grow up in a culture to, to, to become Christian. Just in, I mean, all of Islam is, the 99% of Islam kind of runs from North Africa through the, the, the Middle East into like that Indonesian, that, that, that swath right there. Hindu, Shinto, Buddhism, all of them, they're very, very concentrated. Christianity is almost equally diverse on all the inhabited continents. It's pretty amazing that, that, that this is the case with, with, with Christianity. It's not a philosophy. It's not a culture. It's news, literally. The, 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 the evangel, the news, the good news is that Jesus rose from the dead and there's going to be a resurrection of all things. Oh, it's so simple, so amazing. But it, but it also is a beatdown to all that the spiritual forces are trying to do. Okay, now... This, all right, if you've been checking out, right, like Mike Fix's camera's not on, Nick Petrie, he's acting like he's doing back on, on Zoom right now. But, but anyway, it, it, this is the time to click in, all right? This is the moment to click in because this is where this gets kind of all brought together in, in Paul's argument here. He, he says, in, uh, in, now we're in Ephesians 3, all right? So in, in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 4, it says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight uh, Nick, good to have you back. Uh, when you read, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. 
The mystery is the ethnicities, the Gentiles, the, the ta ethne, they are fellow heirs. All the nations, all the nations that got separated at Babel, all the nations got put under the thumb of those, um, of, uh, of those erring spiritual overseers. All of those nations are going to be won back over by Jesus and brought back together again. And they're not going to be able to be sequestered by these um, fallen spiritual overseers. That's the mystery. And, and we are members of the same body and we are partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me through the working of his power. Uh, to me, though I'm the least of all of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the, to the Gentiles, to the ethnicities, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden in ages in God who created all things. Okay, so he is going to, Paul says, I get to kind of shed light on the thing that's been kind of under covers, right? On the DL, we're, we're not going to let the, the kind of the spiritual entities know about this. But, but now we're about to blow the lid off of this thing and send all the missiles into the spiritual warfare. What is it that's been on the deep down low? Is that all the nations have been getting prepared. We've been, we've been setting it up, setting it up so that, that when Jesus and the Holy Spirit are, are really deployed, boom, we're going to gather them all back together again. That's always been the mystery. Oh, whenever he talks about the mystery, the mystery is always that the nations, the Gentiles, the ethnicity, ethnicities are all going to finally come back together again. So the mystery, hidden for ages in Christ, who created all things. Why? So that, verse 10, this is a big one. So that through who? The church. That through the church, the manifold, the, the Greek word there is polypoikolos. I'll go geeky in a moment on that. So that through the church, the, the polypoikalous wisdom of God might be made known to whom? The rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. We send a shot into those rulers and authorities. The church does. We get to send back, just as they say to us, be strong, be courageous, fight on, take this thing down. That we get to send the same thing to them. How? Through the polypoikalous wisdom. I got goosebumps, even, even right now, thinking about what this means. Polypoikalous is the word that's used in the Greek Old Testament for the multicolored coat of Joseph. Joseph's co coat of many colors is polypoikalous. Polypoikalous, I'll read a quick um, uh, entry in one of the uh, commentaries I grabbed. In our present context, the variegated, the, the, the variegated wisdom, the multivaried wisdom has particular reference to God's richly diverse ways of working, which led to a multiracial, multicultural community being united as fellow members in the body of Christ. That's polypoikalous. I'll, I'll read on. In other words, it is integrally related to the mystery. The mysterion is shaped by God's wisdom. It's a product of it. At the same time, God's wisdom is reflected and revealed in the mysterion. Not only is this multi-variety, variegated wisdom God's, it is he who discloses it to the authorities and powers in the heavenly realms. But what is amazing, however, and this is a commentary using these words, what is amazing, however, is that this enlightening of the principalities and powers in the heavenly places is affected through the church. 
whoa, like this is, this is our volley into the, into the spiritual realm, into the spiritual warfare, that through our evangelism, through our gathering of all nations and actually bringing us all together and really being one, really loving, not trying to, to, to get people to suppress who they are, be who you are, but be together in Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah, leave the sinful nature, leave the, 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 the oppression of the prince of the power of this air. Yeah, leave all of that, but, but come together. But, but let's, let's be this multicolored, beautiful, multiracial wisdom of God that, that kind of says to the, to the, the spiritual, spiritual realm, I never went down, Mick. I never went down. Never mind. Don't go watch that movie. But uh, Raging Bull is a quote. Never mind. But, 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 but it's this idea that, you know what? Spiritual authorities, the thing that you feared, we represent. We, we smell like victory. We exemplify victory. And if, if this is the thing that makes them go weak in the knees, our multiracial, multicultural gathering in unity and love, well, then guess what Satan is going to want to attack more than anything else? It doesn't say that the holiness of the church sends this message. The discipline of the church sends this message. The generosity of the church sends this message. No, it says the polypoikalous wisdom, the, the, the multiracial, multicolored, multivariegated gathering in unity of the church sends this message. This is the ultimate plan of God. It is the reversing of Babel. It is bringing it all together. This is the ultimate thing that, that when we kind of send this out, that we get to say to, to, to Michael and to Gabriel and Raphael and whoever the second temple literature calls the, the, uh, the great archangels, like, be strong, be strong. You know what? Thanks for encouraging us. Be strong. You got this. Look at this. It's happening. We're doing it. We're doing Jesus is real. It's really, let's do this thing. But, but because this is such a big deal and, and things seem to be coming to such a culmination, man, oh man, we got to fight doubly hard on this. Right, right now in the separation, we're not gathering like we used to gather. Uh, likewise, in the separation, the division is, is able to occur. And, and just as a, a final kind of, I guess, uh, thought forward is if, if Satan wants to separate and divide, then we need to look at how to connect and unite, connect and unite. Uh, and, and the next great challenge for all of us church leaders is how are we going to go from Zoom as a default to in-person as a default? How are we going to make sure that our church knows that all that we've been embracing in social justice is not just the flavor of the month? Uh, all that we've been learning in, in coming to a greater place of empathy and sympathy, like-mindedness, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.10, that we are perfectly united in mind and thought, that we've had a cultural humility that allows us to walk in other shoes so that this forging of unity with great diversity is, is not just something that we do for a little while. And then, oh, good, we can move on. Let's go back to doing church the way we used to do. No, we are who we are. We've grown through this. We didn't get weakened through this. We've grown through this to now be a polypoikalous fortress that is, that is doing damage in the spiritual warfare. Uh, let's just deepen and strengthen and fortify this to the greatest of our abilities. And what, what I would encourage is that, that we continue to, to really pursue a 1 Peter 3, 8, uh, a, a, a Philippians 1, 27, 28, this like-mindedness, this one heart, one mind, one purpose, 
which sends a message to them that they are destroyed, which is a very cool idea in Philippians 128. But, 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 but as we come closer together in one heart, one mind, one thought, uh, understanding each other better, that we have a cultural humility. At the same time, we also have a communal charity that we really are thinking the best of one another. Colossians 2, 12 and 13, that with humility and with kindness and gentleness, forgiving one another, if we have to bear anything with one another, forgiving one another. There's a lot of, you know, you got you to crack a lot of eggs to make these omelets that we've been making in the last uh, 10 months here of really learning about our blind spots and, and growing through all of this. But it's worth it. It's worth it because it's the very thing under attack, because it's the very thing that's sending this message. Uh, so whatever it is that we've got to do on the uniting front to, to fend off the dividing, and I, I guess those two big buckets of cultural humility and communal charity are, are, are really important. Verses that can inform you are, are some that I just mentioned there, of course, uh, which, which um, include, let me get back to this, um, which include 1 Peter 3, 8, um, Colossians 2, 13, uh, 12 and 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.10, uh, Philippians 1.27-28, Philippians 2, 1-4, Ephesians 4, 1-3. Uh, all of those help with, with cultural humility and even with communal charity. But then the last thing that we've got to do, which is going to be the last piece in all of this, and it's kind of just logistics, it's not as much heart level, but, but, but partly, uh, is to, if, if he's not just trying to divide, he's trying to separate and if he's trying to separate, then we've got to connect somehow. We've got to try, uh, and, and, but we got to do it without judgment. And I think Romans 14 really does speak well here, is that without judgment about, hey, why aren't you wearing a mask or you're not unloving? Why are you wearing a mask? Are you fearful? We got to get all of that out. We, we've got to be as the, as the voice of the church to say, you know, people are coming at this from various and different ways. There are some people that won't wear a mask and it's actually for conscience sake. I don't get it necessarily, but it is for conscience sake for them. They, they have a, a, a real concern about state and church and all that, and, and for conscience. And, and if that's the case, then we, we, we can't go down the judgment road there. There are a lot of people that are wearing masks. And, and some of you are thinking in the back of your mind, well, dude, you've been doubly vaccinated. You already had COVID. Everybody in your life, like, is there a bit of fear going on there? And, and again, we, you don't know how they're, they're trying to be careful for somebody else and what else is going on. So again, no, no, no judgment has got to be the culture that we establish so that we can have real conversations in our small groups, in bigger groups of asking, what will it take for us to come back together again? And maybe we don't know, maybe we do know, but, but we've got to really have these real deep conversations of how we do come back together again to thwart what Satan is trying to do right now. Separate and divide, separate and divide is the, is the, is the really big deal. Uh, but, but, but as as we um, have these conversations, I, I think we've got, also got to realize that in some cases, some people may actually take a while. Uh, and, and in some cases, it might, we, we might be looking at another year for a lot of people before they have it. And, and if that's the case, fair enough. At least we know and, and, and we get that you don't like it either, person that it's going to take you a year to come back. But at least we know and now we can make special accommodations so that we're not separated in heart, even though we are in person. Paul says in Philippians 2.17, that we were 2.18, that we're separated in person, but not in heart. Uh, and, and, and while we're waiting for, for you to actually have the, um, the, the ability to get reconnected in person, uh, let's, let, let's work on the depth of these ties. Why? Because it is 
the battlefront for the spiritual forces right now. This is the front line. This is not like, oh, isn't this rough that we're having these different news events and, and the pandemic, as if it has nothing to do with Jesus and the cross. It has everything to do with Jesus and the cross because Colossians 2.15 says that he triumphed all over them by the cross. Uh, th this is their effort to, to kind of beat this very thing back. All of this is spiritual warfare. And, and finally, uh, the, the last bit in this arsenal is prayer. I mean, Ephesians 6, which we don't have time if we're going to have some discussions. Ephesians 6, 12 to the end is, is all about the, the, the armor of God. But all strewn throughout putting on the full armor of God uh, is the idea of prayer. Uh, if, if we think that we've got what it takes to fight spiritual warfare with anything but prayer, then we're, we're obviously massively mistaken. But, but sometimes we're good at action a little bit better than we are at prayer. And, and this is a very important time in all of our lives where here's hoping that we look back at 2020, 2021 and realize, whoa, that was a horrible time. But you know what? It led me to be a prayer warrior that I wasn't, but I am now because I had no choice. When you get thrown into the front line and that's the weapon that gets tossed to you because it's a spiritual war, you begin to pray. You fall to your knees. You do it all the time. You break out in the middle of a sermon. You do it every time you're praying with people. You do it right now. Let's pray. Dear God, please, oh, please, God, help us open our eyes, fling them open, God. Please, Lord, help us to see all that is going on about us. Help us to have the discernment. We can be like those men of Issachar that can discern the times, but to, to recognize way past our default that this is supernatural. This is epic. Uh, this is from before all time. Everything that is going on right now seems to be being brought to such a, a, a horrific uh, head in, in many ways, but, but let us be men and women who are faithful, who stand our ground, who are strong and courageous, who not only hear the message from the heavenly realms, but we send a message into the heavenly realms. Help us, God, to, to grow closer, that we allow no division, no separation, uh, that, that we, through cultural humility, through communal charity, uh, through lack of judgment, draw one another closer, and that above all of that, God, that we pray. We pray for the lifting of the pandemic. We pray for the knitting together of the hearts of our, our entire ministries, that we pray through our ministries. We pray through each other's ministries, that, that we go to war in our prayer, that we make prayer a priority in our lives. Uh, God, as, as big a change as it might be and as painful as a change it might be, God, I pray that nothing less than this will be the resolve that we have as we go to war uh, from this point on, God, with astounding prayers, prayers for miracles, prayers that cause our jaw to drop, prayers that gather the nations, prayers that make us more effective at evangelism, prayers that take away our blind spots, prayers that knit us together in our hearts more tightly uh, so, so that we can, we can have a love and an empathy uh, that, that is far beyond where we ever were in our fellowship as the polypoikalous, multi-racial multi, uh, colored multicolored um, connection that, that you have forged. This is the unity of the spirit, not the unity that we brought together um, so that we can enjoy that, be astounded by that, God, and, and, um, and, and never, never back off from it, God, and that we would take even this episode of our lives and, and leave it as, as those that have risen from battle, celebrating in victory in the triumphal procession with Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, Amen. So that's my, my, my encouragement moving forward, guys, is, man, fight back the separation, fight back the division, and gather the nations, and finally pray and pray and pray.
Wow, what an incredible message. I know I need to go back over that a few more times. Uh, it was just incredible hearing Ed, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the ICOC New England podcast. If you want to learn more about us and our fellowship, check out our website at www.icocne.org. Take care.